Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Homestand Sports, the podcast for the passionate fan. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why Carlo Koliakovo is dead wrong about <laughs> Islander fans. All right. Well, on today's show, why Islander fans were right for booing John Tavares. What's up with Paul Marner and why I think Bradtree Living deserves credit for his under-the-radar signings, Justin Pooney. We got a lot to get to, so let's get this party started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney. And this is Homestand Sports. All right, Justin, a lot has gone down since Monday when we last talked. The Leafs went into Long Island, lost that game, but Tavares got his 1,000 point. Last night at MSG, they put up seven against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, the Rangers, and won that game. Um, I think it's time to talk about a lot of those things and time to introduce our newest segment, which is Good Cock, Bad Cock. Roll it. It's way easier to go through life and never say nothing. We're beige and no one even knows you're alive. It's time for good cock. <laughs> bad cock. And you get paid to do this stuff. Like that is disgraceful, man. How about her? Okay, Justin, pretty self-explanatory. Good cock, bad cock. Something that's good gets the good cock. Something that's not so good gets the bad cock. Let's start with Tavares getting his 1,000 point. And obviously, Islanders fans, let him hear it. Back to Nylander. Another shot incoming. The puck scores. Morgan Riley has tied it. And the Leafs have been given permission to empty the bench. That picture worth 1,000 points as it's a milestone night. First of all, great call by Chris Cuthbert on the 1,000 point. But where are you at with the Islanders fans booing? Well, before we get to that, I want to read out this tweet from Carlo Coliaco of TSN. Uh, Come on, hashtag Isles fans. I get you hate Tavares for leaving, but you could park the booze to honor the guy and cheer for him for accomplishing 1,000 points. Then you can go back to booing. Stay classy. No. No. You're not having that? No. They paid money to go buy a ticket to watch this game. They can do whatever the hell they want. If Again, within reason, as long as you aren't abusing players, abusing coaching staff, abusing like that, or crossing a certain boundary. But booing is well within the lines and the realm of being a fan, which stands for fanatic. And, of course, John Tavares was drafted by the Islanders, played a bulk of his career with the Islanders, scored majority of his points with the Islanders, and then jilted them at the altar. Not jilted them at the altar, but kind of <laughs> divorced them and went to Toronto and of course they're going to boo him. So who cares if you got 1,000 points there? I'm sure Tavares understands he's going to get booed every single time for the rest of his career in Long Island. Um, and that just comes with the territory. John Tavares understands it. The team understands it. So why is everybody being so soft about it, right? It's sports. Guys get booed. Athletes get booed. Vince Carter got booed for how many years in Toronto? Right? How many players have we seen getting booed before? LeBron, like I mentioned all the time, Albert had batteries thrown at him, had you know the whole state of Ohio after him. Right? This Shohei Otani's probably gonna get booed in Toronto for not picking the Blue Jays in free agency. He never even played for them, and he's still gonna get booed. 
right? So what I'm trying to say is there's no fans have the right to boo. Boo whoever the hell you want to boo. It doesn't matter. Whether it's 1,000 points, 1,000 career games, anything like that, you can boo him. That is totally fine. And you know Islanders, Islanders fans are some of the toughest and some of the most passionate in the league. So to expect them to stop booing and cheer for a, t- a guy who scores 1,000 points, not only that, tied the game with six seconds left, is completely back-ass backwards to me. And I don't think that has any indicate. There should be no validation to the statement whatsoever. If you want to boo him, boo him. That might be the greatest way to start off this new segment. Yeah. That is the ultimate Babcock. Back ass, ass backwards <laughs> is what Justin Pooney just said. Listen, I like Carlo Kuliakovo. And the thing, I think, I don't know. I if do you too. Me- I think, he's a I think good. you forgot to mention it, but he played for the Leafs. He did. He was an NHL player. So I thought maybe if anyone would understand, yeah. it's a former NHLer. You can't tell fans what to do. And you mentioned the, the, the biggest point there is that they tied the game with just seconds remaining. Obviously, they were going to boo the team yeah, and obviously boo John Tavares. They actually flashed it on the scoreboard on Long Island. So the, the fans knew exactly what was up. I'm sure they knew anyway. You mean yeah. you could check social media and you know the guy's a point away or two points away heading into that game for a 1,000 points. So I'm fine with it. Listen, fans can do whatever the hell they want. You cannot tell fans what to do, and you can't have this expectation that just because he's hitting a 1,000 points and not many players have done it, that you should show some sort of appreciation. Absolutely not. I mean, you go back to, you know, Fans in Philly. I know mm-hmm. this isn't Philly, but Long Island, not that far off. They can give it to their players. Same type of, same type of Fans crowd. in Philly boot Santa. And you made a great point. Blue Jays fans are going to boo Otani for not picking Toronto. So exactly. it's fine. Let the fans do what they want to do. I'm completely cool with it. Yeah. Honestly, when I go to games, I can be the same way. Hey, I'm going to boo. I'm going to boo. I go to Leaf games and I boo the Leafs openly. When I'm the, yeah, but yeah. you hate the Leafs. I don't hate them. Uh, well, I come can. on. Yeah. If you're going power rankings of teams you hate in the NHL, where do the Leafs sit? Number one. What are you trying to tell me? All right. What a pretty big gap. Let's talk about another <laughs> fan, but also um, a parent of one of ho- one of the hockey players in the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs, a Mr. Paul Marner. His face was trending all over social media after that Islanders game. If you're watching the video version, you can see the clip right now. So that's John Tavares' dad jumping up and down after Tavares tied the game to get his one. Oh, he didn't tie the game. Excuse me. It was Riley who tied the game. Tavares got his 1,000 yeah. point. And then Paul Marner right beside him stands up and he's dead serious. Like he's pissed off that the Leafs had to wait this long to tie the game and now they got to go to overtime against the Islanders. I'm going to go huge Babcock, huge Babcock to Paul Marner. Come on, you got to smile a little bit, no? The team just tied the game. It's late. It's the dad trip. You probably have a few drinks in you and you're going to pop up that angry. At least look over at Tavares' dad and shake his hand, give him a hug, which he probably did. But there's a bit of a backstory with Paul Marner. Um, he, he's, I think he's your typical old-school type of hockey dad. What would you call it off-air? Helicopter Hel- parent. Helicopter parent. I don't even really know what that means. But back in the day when Marner was a kid, CBC The National, they decided to do a profile on Mitch Marner and Paul Marner. And here's one of the clips from that profile. And just listen to what Paul Marner has to say. He's talking to his son, not the ref. You better get f-ing skating, Mitch. I swear to God. The final. I love that. You better <laughs> you better get skate, Mitch. To be fair, I know we're kind of picking on him right now. After that, he was like, great game, Mitch. What are you going to tell mom? He was really nice no, to his no, son. No, sure, no, he's no. a great dad, but that kind of tells you what type of dad he is. Hockey dad that Paul no, Marner is. I'm uh, not surprised that he didn't well, smile. Remember when Marner was negotiating his contract, he wanted... The dad was quite involved in the contract negotiations. Apparently, he wanted his son to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs and all that. But look, come on now. You know this guy. 
it's it's Mitch and nobody else really matters to him, right? You could tell from that clip that he only cared about his son and getting his son to the NHL. But hold on, maybe he was like half in the bag, right? And he's then, with the dad. He's you know when you you have a few drinks and you've been sitting down for a long time and then you pop maybe. up, you're like, oh, I gotta keep a straight face. Maybe that's what was maybe, going on with maybe. Paul Marner. But look, we know that Paul Marner. First of all. That CBC feature right there, I think I've watched like a hundred thousand times, and I've laughed every yeah. single time. Um, it is hilarious. If you want to watch it, definitely watch it. Um, but look, Paul Marner and all that did it get blown out of proportion? Yes. Did of the did the CBC news report and that kind of tie in perfectly? Yes. Do I think Paul Marner only really cares about his son and his son's well being as he should? Right. Yes. Um, just, We've heard rumors before that he's been in the dressing room. That he's yeah, one of the dads he, who goes into the Leafs dressing yeah, room. Yeah, he's a he's a helicopter parent. Yeah, That's exactly. Helicopter I mean, dad, even at the I mean, NHL Mitch, level. If I was Mitch, I'd probably tell my dad, you know, maybe settle down a little bit and you know, you know, get out of the locker room a little bit, Mitch. I'm honestly surprised that that clip hasn't made the rounds. Maybe it will now it after has. we release this podcast. Oh, it has. It, it okay, has. I haven't seen it. It has. Okay, let's get into some. Uh, let's get to some good cock, right? Some yeah, good things that are going, going on with on, the Toronto man. Maple Leafs. Uh, you actually want to give some love? Yeah. To the Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff. I do, Albert. Wow. I want to give a good cock to the Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff because, like we mentioned, going from an emotional kind of roller coaster in Long Island where tied the game late, losing overtime, you have that emotional dip, and then you got to turn around and go play one of the best teams in the NHL in the New York Rangers the next night at MSG and to come out with the type of energy they did. They scored after that. They had a very impressive first period, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Um, and I kind of thought after the first period, okay, maybe we will see some dead legs and they'll kind of dip back down. And we kind of saw that in the second period, right? But that third period, they came back out and they closed that game out. So I want to give a kudos to the Toronto Maple Leafs coaching staff for getting their players ready to play, getting their players ready to compete against a very good team in the New York Rangers. Um, and I think what they did and what they showcased is that they can be resilient and they have a bit of a bounce back factor with them. Uh, so kudos to Sheldon Keefe and the crew for getting the team ready uh, for a big, for, for a big win uh, last night in MSG against the Rangers. My favorite is when you give all this praise and love to the Toronto Maple Leafs because I know how much it cuts you so deep. Dude. Hey, I'm a professional, man. It cuts you so deep. But after this, pro. you're going to throw your laptop against the floor. <laughs> but the Leafs do, do deserve a ton of praise. Mm -hmm. They decide to go 11-7. and seven. They lose their top-line winger, Matthew Nyes, just before the game started. Yeah. Obviously, they're down defensemen. They're on their third-string goalie. The flu's going around the team. They're off an emotional back-to-back -back where they just lost in a game where, obviously, we just mentioned Tavares scored a 1,000 points. So mm -hmm. you get the emotional high of tying the game late then you go low because you lose now you got to go msg play the best team and or one of the best teams in the east i think they're top of the metro the new york rangers the really good team tied for first in these and keith said it. i mean mm -hmm. you know the rangers are a team that they score four goals a game that's how good they are yeah. and for the leafs to go in there and put in that performance performance they deserve a lot of credit uh i'm gonna go with austin matthews i have a bunch of good cock here i'm gonna go with austin <laughs> i'm gonna go with austin matthews you're gonna hear a lot of giggles <laughs> moving forward especially during this segment Dude, four-point night, the guy's got 21 goals. He hasn't been that great. Stop laughing. Stop laughing at my good cock, okay? Um, one thing I want to say about Austin Matthews, right? He hasn't been that great. He's been really good, but he hasn't been, I guess, what people expect him to be, yeah. to score you know, two to three goals every single game. But what I've noticed, he's obviously healthy now, but he's playing with some bite. A little bit of bite, not a lot, but Enough he's bite for he's got a against nice Nashville. Awesome. He threw the body around against the Rangers. I, I noticed him uh, throwing the body around a bit more. He's like, I don't know if this is a great like analogy or metaphor or whatever, but he's like uh, 
a dog that doesn't know how big he is. It's like a St. Bernard. You know what a St. Bernard is? Yeah. You ever watch the movie Beethoven from back in the day? No, that, but I know what huge, a St. Bernard yeah, is. Yeah, these nice, big, cuddly dogs, but if they really wanted to, they'd rip you apart. I feel like that's Austin Matthews. The guy's 6'3", he's 220, he's got everything. And I think if you want to separate yourself from Connor McDavid, if I'm Austin Matthews, and you want to be known as one of the best players in the league, if you can score 60 and throw the body around and be an aggressive player, I think that's what would separate Matthews from McDavid. I know that's a huge call, but I'm saying if so, he adds that element to his game, that's something that McDavid doesn't necessarily hold have. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just say that if Matthews throws the body more, he would become a better player than McDavid and separate himself? Well, I also said if, if just, he's scoring 60 goals and doing that. But, okay, I just want to clarify because that's a bold statement you're uh, saying. It is. The question is. to think that Austin Matthews is in the same stratosphere as Connor McDavid. That's very, very hot take from you, Albert. It's not that hot of a take. Bro, he's no How long have we been talking about the two best players in the world, the three best players in the world? See? I've been what? You just said you just changed it from the best two players in the world to the best two okay, players. Okay, but, but how you rank them is McDavid, number one. Clear cut. And then it's Matthews or it's Dreisaitl. Yeah. But that conversation's been going on for a long time. That's not a, a. that's not a crazy hot take. Ask, okay, let me ask you this right now, right? We're getting a little bit off topic here, but That's fine. I think Nathan McKinnon this year is proving that he's a better player okay. than Austin Matthews. Right. Would you take Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews? Mm, that's a tough question. Exactly. I don't know. I think I'd probably stick with Austin Matthews. No. I think so. That speed on McKinnon, no chance. Yeah. Different types of players. Yeah. But like I said, if he scores 60 on pace for 66 right now, yeah. the second time he would score 60 goals, and he's also playing a power forward role where he's actually throwing the body and hitting, he doesn't necessarily need to do that every single game. But if he does it for the majority of the season, if he does it in the playoffs and at least make a run, right. you're starting to look at him in, in a different light. Right? He's, then you're like, well, okay, this guy's not just a skill guy. He doesn't just have a shot. He just he doesn't just have a knack for finding the back of the net. Mm-hmm. He has a full game to him now. He plays a complete game already. Now throw the body around and see what happens. Ah, look, man, I think we know what Matthews is. We've seen him for this long. He's an elite goal scorer. You know, he's developed a nice two-way game to him. But uh, see him kind of pick up that physicality, I don't think that's going to happen. It's That that part of your game, is it's, it's within you. And like you mentioned St. Bernard, he's got that dog in him. Yeah. He doesn't have that Doberman, that Rottweiler, that pit bull in him, right? He doesn't have that knack to his game. But what is what does that even mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? That Doberman, that pit bull. You're more aggressive. So give me a comparison, right? Okay, so you look at Matthew Kachuk, who's less skilled than him. Okay, right? But Matthew Kachuk has that that tenacity, that aggression, that that mean streak in him, right? Now we talked about off camera how he might not drop the gloves with every any everybody, but. He's throwing his body around. He's getting in the dirty areas, right? That's not a problem with him. Same with Brady Kachuk, right? Those guys have that 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 anger, that tenacity, that aggression with them. But Austin Matthews doesn't have that. Austin Matthews' skill set and his natural ability will be higher for sure. But the the intensity factor, that's on him. That's something that comes from within. And I don't think it's just you can't flip the switch and then Austin Matthews turns into that. He is what he is, right? I don't think he uh, in that mentality makeup aspect of it i don't think that's going to change from austin matthews no and i think they're two different players like yeah. you got to think about brady kachuk and matthew kachuk's dad yeah i mean that's the power forward right that's the old school power forward yeah. matthews probably won't be that but i'm telling you if this guy scores 60 again and he's doing what i just said i'm considering one of the he's best got players a, maybe got the a, best player he's got to keep NHL. pace with brock besser Oh, Brock NHL Besser, scoring. three goals the other there night. You go, Twenty-one babe. goals. What the hell's what going on? What am I on? saying? What am I saying? Now with Kyle Connor out potentially for eight right. weeks, maybe I do shell some Dore me on Brock Besser winning the Rocket. If Matthew trophy. stays healthy, I, I don't think anyone's coming close. I'll be honest. Hey, with you. Brock Besser's close and he's healthy right for now. For now, I'm just saying. Early now, days. I want to give my good cock 
to the Leafs' makeshift D. Wow. That's a whole. <laughs> you want to throw around some good cock? You got to throw it around. Throw some good cock to the Leafs' D. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to give credit where credit is due. We, the last couple of weeks, we've been on this show, and I've been bashing Brad Tree Living, uh, saying that get off your hands and make a trade and fix this D because something's going to go wrong, and you know it's all going to fall apart. Well, it hasn't fallen apart yet, Albert. And we talked about it. You know that defense score stepped up last night, right? There was a chance where the Rangers scored two goals in the second period, and it's a one-goal game. I kind of thought in my head, okay. You know, are we going to see the unraveling here? And no, they did not. You know, their defense core stepped up, logged a whole lot of good minutes. I have some of the numbers here about some of the defense core minutes. Look, Simon Benoit played 12 minutes, but an effective 12 minutes, a plus one, right? TJ Brody, 23 minutes. William Laguson, 15. Max Lajoie only played seven. But, and then you had, of course, McCabe, Riley, and Timmons. And I want to talk about Jake McCabe. 20-plus minutes he played last night uh, through that big hit. He's been kind of an unsung hero, I feel, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Playing very well. Um, a guy who was brought in last year and then kind of, when the playoffs hit and all that, he didn't play very well, and he was kind of a whipping boy. A lot of people said, oh, he's the new Jay. You know, they got rid of Justin Hall, and then Jake McCabe's the new whipping boy. But I want to give credit to Jake McCabe. He's played very, very well. Um, I still believe Brad Tree Living needs to make a deal to um, insulate this defense. But what I've seen lately, the last couple weeks, has been very impressive, Albert. Uh, the goalies that they've lost and all of that, even against the Islanders. This defense core hasn't made a huge amount of egregious mistakes. They've played solid. And what do I always say? If your defense pairings, your, especially your bottom defense pairing, and quite frankly, all these guys on the Leafs right now generally cap out as a bottom six, maybe a top five defenseman. If they're not making mistakes and you don't notice them, that is a good thing, right? So credit to the Leafs defense core. Credit to the coaching staff as well for getting these guys to buy into the system and not sheltering them, but trusting them enough to go out there and make the right plays and then for the players to execute that as well. So kudos to the Leafs soft D. I like that. Or, and uh, I have a, I have another good cock, but we'll leave that till after the break. And it kind of goes on with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be praising somebody I've been heavily criticizing. Okay, I'm going to continue with the good. It's going off your last point mm -hmm. with that makeshift D. I got to give some good to Bradtree Living. Um, I know. I know that. I what? see the face that you're making. Audio what? listeners. Justin's face just went crooked and he gave me the eyes. Like, what the hell are you talking about? You just criticized this guy for some of his signings and what he's doing. But I think I'm starting to see glimpses of how he wants this team to play. They're starting to play a lot more aggressive. It's more of a team game. I just mentioned Matthew throwing the body around. Nice has been doing that. Jake McCabe lowering the boom. They're stepping up for each other more. So things are slowly changing. And I got to give him his props for this makeshift D, right? He signed Lagason. He signed Benoit. He signed LeJoie. Why are you putting your hands up like that? What did I say? Finish what you're saying. He signed LeJoie, all of them in the offseason, at a league minimum. And listen, they're not complete liabilities. Are they going to stick with this team moving forward? No. He even said it himself. He goes, we have guys playing minutes and in positions. We don't necessarily want them to in terms of how long they're going to be doing it for because of the injuries. And he's going to have to address that. And I think he's trying to address that. And it sounds like he's going to go after a defenseman who can eat some some top-line minutes. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But, I mean, so far, so good. I feel almost feel like, and I said this a couple weeks ago, that the Leafs are slowly, slowly starting to carve out some sort of identity for themselves. And I think it took injuries for that to happen because they'd had to come together as a team to fight for each other because if, if you're going to rely on Brody and Riley and McCabe to be your top three guys, 
most nights, you're probably going to lose a lot more games than you win. That's not the case, though, because these guys are stepping up. And don't forget, he also signed Martin Jones. I mean, a hell of a third stringer. And this is one of the reasons why you sign a guy like that, obviously, right? If you have injuries or if Wall couldn't cut it or Samsonov couldn't cut it, at least you can fall back on Jones instead of going with an AHL goalie. Now you got Martin Jones, who's got experience. He paid played 40-plus games for the Kraken. So for some of the signings he's made, it's starting to look pretty good. Bertuzzi's playing better. Domi's playing better. I still have to give him an F for Klingberg and Ryan Reeves at the moment, but I think I'm starting to change my tune when it comes to Bradshaw living. Early days, that can change. And by the way, I just want to say this. There's nothing wrong with changing your opinion. If you have a take on one thing early, doesn't mean you, it can't change moving forward. It's almost like what you say is what you say and you can't go back on it. That's not how things work. At all. Not in sports, not in life. So I just wanted to put that out there. You know what? If this whole sports media thing doesn't work out, you have a great future in politics, Albert. My, politics. oh my. Wow. You covered your basis on all of that. I didn't cover right basis. Well, you know what, guys? You know what? If you change your mind, you're allowed to. You know what? You're allowed Is to. Is there nothing? So let's let's just say, if you have an opinion, let's just say I'm on, on Rick Tockett, right? Yes. When Rick Tockett first came in. Right. You can say, oh, I don't want to. You heard a lot of Canucks fans going after Rick Tockett. And now Rick Tockett is the flavor of the year because he's, the, he's a good he's coach. The flavor of the year and the coach, and of things the year. are starting to change. So the the, the the take or the opinion you had on him early on, right, that can easily change because it's only natural. Okay, Albert, but let me ask you this, right? You just you said yourself, right? You said yourself that Klingberg F, Reeves F, right? F sidings. You okay? We'll say what Domi's a, a D plus maybe now a D plus. Sure, I don't know if I can grade them, but they're they're, they're playing Bertuzzi's better. Bertuzzi's been what a C average at best, right? He was an F before he's moved to C. So I'm not I'm not a teacher. I don't know I don't know the averages and all that. But when you look at the big money he spent, right, right, it hasn't really panned out as to what he expected, right. Then when you look at the fact that this team still can't make moves to acquire any defensemen because. Of the cap situation because he decided to give John Klingberg that deal. A guy who now is on LTI who won't play again. Who's yet to make a move to fix this defense core. Again, very nice makeshift, but we know this is not sustainable, right? Bradtree Living cannot be getting roses because he got the depth signings that somehow panned out for a couple weeks, right? Again, I think you have to look at it from a bigger perspective. Yes, yeah, you have to. Some, sure. of those, some of those guys, right, have... Worked out very well. The leg, the Lagasins, the Benoits, the Jones, right? They've played well in a small sample size, right? But when you look at it, you still have Reeves on the hook for a while. You still have Bertuzzi, Domi, and then Klingberg, who's just, well, that's a failure to be able But you look at Domi and Bertuzzi. They haven't really worked out to what they're supposed to do, what they're brought in to do, right? I get, it's early. But Albert, it's too... I think this is more to do with those other guys, those depth guys stepping up is because of the coaching staff putting them in this position. Because if you ask Brad Trelevic if he expected any of these guys to really play valuable minutes during any point of this season, he probably would have said no. So I, I disagree with you on that. But at this point in the season, I'll give you Bertuzzi, I'll give you Domi. They need to be better. They have been better, mm -hmm. but I think they need to even go up another level. Mm -hmm. I think you need more production from those guys. The Klingberg thing, we can always talk about another time because there's so much that you can really read into it. 4.1 million, the guy has a lingering injury, and why do they sign him instead of going after someone else at a cheaper right. cost, yada, yada, yada. Why do you pay Ryan Reeves that much money to play eight minutes a night to be scratched and to play on the fourth line? Almost makes no sense. But... It, now, looking back on it, these three signings of ben, four, Benoit, Lejoie, Lagasin, and uh, Martin Jones and Nett could be the most important signings of the Toronto Maple Leaf season. 
moving forward because if you don't have these players, you don't have this goaltending right now, this can be a monumental collapse from the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it's not the case. And it's because those signings and obviously the play of your top guys that are keeping this team afloat. If those players aren't there, who are you playing? There's nobody left. And think about who that third screen goalie would be. Dennis Hildeby from the Marlies? Sure, he's playing well. He doesn't have any NHL experience. So I'm just saying, at this moment in time, we might look back and it like, wow, those signings really kept the Leafs afloat when it could have been an absolute disaster. Well, time will tell. I just think that giving a guy credit for having these guys that were never really expected to do much come in and play admirably for, again, a couple weeks, it, you can't sway the pendulum because of the other messes that he's made. Those egregious mistakes contract-wise, right, did not make up for the fact that some depth guys are playing better. Right, you're still in capital. You're still in ability where you can't really make a trade because you have to have a team retain salary, right? So there's still issues right. there. So again, I don't think that Brad Tree Living deserves any credit until he. No, makes- you got to give him some props. You have to. Get, I'm not saying he's off the hook for everything that he's done. Right. I could just say I could see the way the team is playing. Uh-huh. They're carving out an identity, and he signed some players at reasonable deals, which the Leafs need to do, and they've been doing all along because they're up against the cap, mm-hmm. and it's working out. So you got to give Tree Living his props. I know you don't want to, Poonie, but sometimes you got to. Um, I got some more, but let's take a little break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about a few more good cocks that I have, as well as uh, Kachekov, the goaltender for the Carolina Hurricanes, decided to go hashik and take out Brady Kachuk last night. We'll roll that clip, and we'll talk about it coming up after the break. Okay, one final good cock from this past uh, week of games so far, the back-to-back. Uh, Noah Gregor. Matthew Nyes gets taken out of the lineup late. He was scratched because of an illness. Look who they put on the top line. Noah Gregor, who's been maybe one of the Toronto Maple Leafs' best fourth liners. And Sheldon Keefe, after the game, said, he goes, once Matthew Nyes was scratched, it took me about three seconds to realize who, was the guy to, who, I, who I was going to put on the top line. Mm-hmm. So I just think he deserves a lot of credit. He's had a pretty good couple of weeks. He's been a solid player. And now the Toronto Maple Leafs have two guys in Yarncroft and Gregor who can fill in on every single line. And I think that's something good to have considering we just talked about how, how tight up against the cap that they are. You need players to fill in in multiple roles. So I just wanted to give some love to Noah Gregor. Yeah, and like you said, it's important to have guys that can slot in anywhere in your lineup. Um, are we going to rely on a guy like Noah Gregor or Yarncroft to, you know, eat up those value minutes when the going gets tough? Probably not, but it's a good safety blanket to have, when, especially when a guy like Nyes last minute can't go. You have a guy, you know what, we're com- comfortable enough, excuse me, to put him up in those in that big-time slot, and he will you know, perform and perform well. So you need to have those guys. It's all about the depth. I mean, look at Sam Lafferty, my guy playing on the top line. <laughs> I think every show, dude, honestly, you yeah. throw in Sam Lafferty. Because here's the question. Here's why, right? Sam Lafferty, what he's doing right now, the right. Leafs could use Sam Lafferty. The best part is they got rid of him to sign Ryan Reeves. But it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean he would do the same thing in Toronto because he wasn't doing that when he was here. I'm not saying he's not a good player. It's just for whatever reason, and I think you can go back and look in the history books, Yeah. that sometimes players come to Toronto, they don't perform as well, they go somewhere else, and they're even better. And I don't know what that what that is. I've heard ex-players Coaching? come out, ex-Leaf players come out and say, it's difficult to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs because Ryan of Riley. because of the pressure. It's true, right? right? You go to Vancouver, right? No, no one really cares. I'm no, just that's joking. Not I'm joking. I'm Vancouver's joking, a big, you know, a media. I love Vancouver. Sport. No, you don't. I've never been there, but I love Why are you it. You're denying it. You're an export from Vancouver. I like you sometimes. Nah, I don't know what that's. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get away from the Leafs here. Let's talk about something that happened the other night. So Kachekov, who's the goaltender for the Carolina Hurricanes, um, went up against Brady Kachuk. It was a penalty shot. Mm-hmm. 
and on the penalty shot, decided to clear out Kachuk. If you haven't seen the clip, you got to see it. We're going to roll the audio so you can hear it. Here comes the Ottawa captain on Kochekov. Top of the paint comes in. And Kochekov crashes in and denies the opportunity. And then he's got a little word for Kachuk who comes up hot. I like the fact that Kochekov turns the other cheek. But in this case... So a few things. I, I'm completely fine mm-hmm. with Kachekov coming out and taking out Brady. I thought it was fine. I, I mean, a lot of people are coming out saying it wasn't a clean play. Right. I mean, the Ottawa Senators used to go out and run the goaltender. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a fine play, no penalty on the play, and you move on. Old school. Well, the game was over after that, but I think I love it. We talked about having that dog in you. You know, I like that. I like that, you know, a little bit of edge to it. You know, I'm going to go out and challenge you, take you out like that. Again, perfectly legal. There was no penalty on it. And I think that is something for especially a team like Carolina that's, you know, kind of been they've a lot of they had a whole bunch of expectations. They had a rough Western Canada, you know, road swing, road trip over there. Um and to come back and, you know, win in Ottawa and in the shootout, that's something that a team needs to get that kind of that fire burning, right? And you noticed, you know, he didn't back down from Brady Kachuk whatsoever. Oh, in the I love clip. that. He stood right up to me. He said, You want some? Come get some, right? And I think that right there, you need guys on whether it's a backup goalie or a fifth or sixth defenseman or your star player. You need guys with that type of attitude if you want to win and win big in hockey because you need to have guys that are not afraid to be, you know what? And pump and pump their chest out. But yeah, come at me, right? You need that type of that that um swagger to uh you know have not have strike fear but instill a whole lot of confidence in not only yourself but your teammates as well so kudos to that yeah i just one thing is you have people on social media and not that necessarily social media is is the be all and end all and mm, it, no. it, it tells you how the world is operating i mean sometimes it does but how many people are, are going after the... going after Kacheka for going out? That's a dirty play. This shouldn't be in our game. What are you talking about? Oh, it's hockey. It's I don't know why people have sport. such a problem with hitting in hockey. Now let me let me ask let me tell you this. If the rules were reversed, right? If the Ottawa goalie did that to a Carolina player, Svechnikov, whoever, whoever, yeah, whoever, right? Senators fans would be defending it, and Carolina fans would be screaming bloody It'd murder It'd be the flip it. side. That's how right. it goes. And that's it's all fine. it is, right? Whatever I'm talking hap- about more than neutrals than the actual There's fans no, of those Exactly. Teams. There's no neutral. You're either on, in sports, I find you're either on one side of the spectrum or the other. You can't be in the middle, right? I mean, look, look at me with the uh, booing of John Tavares, right? I thought that was absolutely ludicrous. But you had people saying, oh, the Islanders are not a classy franchise. The Islanders fans are scum. Oh, well, 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 well. Case in point right there. Right. Right? Opinion based. There are people got on Raptors fans for booing oh, Raptors, uh, KD for blowing out Raptors his Achilles. Raptors fans are something different. Let's not talk about that. What does that mean? Raptors fans. Let's not talk about Raptors fans. Okay. This is a hockey show. <laughs> you love the Raptors just as much. Actually, if you go in your hate rankings, was it go Leafs, Raptors, or Raptors Leafs? That's a close one. See, this is a good thing about this podcast where we're primarily Leafs, and but. the two dudes on the panel aren't both Leafs fans. I mean, I am. Whoa! Did you say you're the two dudes on the panel are not Leaf fan? You're a Leaf fan. No, it's, well, you know what I mean. You were yeah, not. Both of us are not Leaf yeah. fans. Yeah, you're a Leaf hater. I'm a Leafs realist. But at least you call it down the middle. Yeah. Did I not praise the Leafs today? You did praise. You've been doing go. that a lot lately. Yeah. But well, wait till they lose to Columbus on Thursday, and then we'll be talking about a completely <laughs> different thing. <laughs> Blow it up, right? Tree Living, get the hell out of this team. Props to Tree Living. Props to the Toronto Maple Leafs playing some good hockey despite injuries and a lot of setbacks. Right. Shout out to Paul Marner too. 
All right, thanks for listening. That's it from us at Homestand Sports. Don't forget, we'll be dropping episodes throughout the week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find Homestand Sports anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this has been Homestand Sports.